You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. It is time for Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue to help you with whatever challenges you might have with your babies or small children. We get Chris on the show to help you with your individual questions. So she tailors her advice specifically to your family. We always note at the start of our sessions that Chris is not a doctor. So if you have any medical concerns, of course, please see your GP. Always refer to the SIDS guidelines when it comes to safe sleeping practices. Chris, though, has over 30 years' experience as a mothercraft nurse. She is constantly helping people with their babies and small children. She's an author and she's helped families across the country. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So we are live on air and on Facebook. So if you are watching us on Facebook, please leave your comments underneath the video and Chris will answer them. Or, of course, you can call us on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. And first up, we are going to start with Jane, who's on the phone. Jane, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks, Jane. Now, you need some help with your nine-month-old. Tell Crystal about it. Yes, I do. Um, So she was always a really good sleeper in the day and at night. And probably a couple of months ago, we went on holiday. And also, she's been a little bit sick just with gastro and germs and things. And her sleeping through the day has diminished. She used to have three good naps in the day. And now she's sort of transitioned to two. Yep. But they're not long enough, and I don't know whether I'm giving her too much awake time, and she's getting overtired, and she wakes up after 40 minutes, and then she's then overtired going to bed, so then in the night, she's waking up and harder to settle. Yeah. So what's your time frame that you're using, Jane, in the day? Um, So in the morning, she'll wake between 6 and 7, but lately she's been waking around 5.30 and it's difficult to get her back to sleep. Um, And then I've been trying to push her out to three hours and she seems okay, but then I don't actually think it actually is working. She's waking after 40 minutes. So three hours... Three hours does sound about right for her age. So yeah, that, yeah, have so you tried know. putting it going back to putting her to sleep at about two and a half? Did it make any difference? Well, this morning I put her to bed at about two and a half or two hours and 40 minutes and she slept for an hour and 15. Yeah. So she might be doing that because she's waking up at night. So you might have to go back to the two and a half to three hour range in the day till yep. her nights fix themselves and okay. then move her slowly out to three hours. So an, a nine to ten month old baby usually can handle around a three hour window um, yep. for each of their awake cycles in the day. So mm. I think it's the fact that she's waking up a bit earlier in the morning that's mm. compromising her and she is overtired like you feel in the day. So yeah, today has yeah. started in the right sequence. So from when mm-hmm. she woke up today, I'd probably gauge around the three-hour mark to put it down, just so she okay. falls generally into two sleeps. So for her okay, age yeah. group, she should have two sleeps, and that's yeah, why that's they go for the three-hourly range in between um, yeah. their so sleep what, cycles. What would you say if she's woken up and it's about two-ish in the afternoon Yeah, and then you can't really get to dinner time? Yeah, I that's or right. You have time, to. But... It's a really difficult one. So if she wakes up, say, between 6 and 7 and we'll take it from 6 o'clock, yep. then you put it down at 8.30. Today she probably would have got to about 10. Yep. Then what you'd want to try and do is try as much as you can, try and get it to 1 o'clock, which is a three-hour window. 
Yep. Um, and that then should get her to pass that 2 o'clock and into the 3, 3.30 range. 3.30, yeah, yeah. And then she'll make it to 6.30. 6.30, yeah. Yeah. So 6.30 is the earliest you want to put her to bed because otherwise sometimes it impacts the way that they're sleeping overnight. Yeah, um, yeah, because last night I had to put her to bed at six. Yeah. Because she was just so, so tired. tired. <laughs> so today's your best window of pushing it into the right window because she yep. slept better for you this morning. Morning, yes. So okay. you're heading in the right direction and I think you're right. <laughs> so she should be on two sleeps, um, yep. three milk feeds, three meals and, and generally sleeping for you at night. And, yep. and daylight savings coming up on... Monday, Sunday Yes, night. that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, Someone it'll move it in the right day. window by <laughs> by the way we move our clocks. So you sh- it should okay. rectify itself over the weekend. Um, I still do a dream feed, but the last few nights I've stopped it because I've thought that maybe it's sort of interrupting us. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, is so, that the best thing to Yeah, do? we would have weaned her off her, her dream feed by now. So you, I, think okay. you, I think you've got all the right elements. I think it just needs some consistency. And yep. then I think you'll find she'll fall back into place again. Okay, beautiful. Thank you so much. Pleasure, Jane. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Bye. You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. If you'd like to call us, you can, just as Jane did on one eight hundred Kids Radio. You can also pop your comments below the video on Facebook if that's how you're watching, and we'll get to your questions. We have a question from Annie who has one month old twins. Um, she's at a bit of a loss as to what is normal in terms of sleep. I can't get both of them to sleep at the same time ever. As soon as I put one down, the other is up and hungry or crying or who knows what else. Should I split them up or should I be trying to get them to sleep at the same time? Oh, Annie, twins. So I do a lot of work with twins. So this is actually a really easy answer for me. So we feed them at the same time and put them down at the same time. So... Seeing they're only a month old and four weeks old, the thing I would go back and look at, Annie, um, is to look at your feeding and make sure they're feeding properly because they're really young babies and the way they feed will probably influence the way they sleep. So if your babies are a little bit out, it's either because you've got your feeding out or they're not feeding well and they're generally unsettled. So in this case, the simple answer for the question you're asking is we feed them together and we sleep them in the same window together. So the fact that that's not happening for you is I'd go back and look at your feeding first and find out how effectively they're feeding. So we're not sure here whether they're bottle or they're breast babies, but try and look at your feeding first and then put them down. A one-month-old baby should probably be, by the time they feed and a little bit of alert time, they're probably awake about an hour before they're ready to go down to sleep. So 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the way you're feeding them, and then putting them down together. Then that comes down to how you're putting them down and where you're putting them down. But very simply, wrapping them, cuddling them, putting them down, tuck them in. And we tend to put them in the same room so they get used to each other's noises. But I can see how you separate if one's been particularly noisy and the other one's not. um, And it's sleeping. But generally, we keep them together. Annie, good luck with that. And I would add here that um, however you're getting in touch with us, if you want further advice, we always welcome you to write back to us, email us, get back on Facebook, add another comment or call us on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. The best way that um, Chris can help is with the most information. But good luck, Annie. I Twins just yeah. always makes my brain want to explode because I can imagine <laughs> how challenging it must be. Twice as much fun. 
Twice as much fun. And yes. Mm-hmm. And now we have a question from Laura on the phone. She has a six-month-old who is pushing back bedtime. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Can you tell Chris what's happening, please? Of course. Uh, yes, so I have a super cute six-month-old little girl, um, and I've got a few challenges around sleeping. Yep. Uh, she's only sleeping for an average of an hour and a half blocks at a time during the night. Oh, oh during the night. Oh, oh you, yeah. You poor thing. <laughs> okay. Gets down, to, gets down to about 20 minutes at a time yeah. as uh, daylight gets nearer. So she's resettled um, by breastfeeding, which yeah. is mostly just sucking. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at maybe bedtime as a problem because she goes to bed at five o'clock. She pushes it on me. She's chasing me for bed at five. Yeah. But I also wonder... I'd like to try and introduce a comforter maybe to replace me as a settling tool. Yes. But she's also very easily entertained and very curious and (laughs) I just don't know how to do that without it being a toy. Laura, how much sleep does she get from you in the day or does she give you in the day? Uh, It varies, but uh, usually if everything goes to plan, three sleeps. Yep. And across that would probably be two of them will be 45 minutes, one of them will be an hour. So she doesn't get a lot of sleep. She gets about no. two and a bit hours. So I think here, Laurie, you've got lots of the elements, but she needs to learn to resettle. Yeah. So when she wakes up at night, so this pattern that you've got, we see a lot when the baby doesn't know how to resettle. So mm. if she has 45 minutes, she might get up and the next sleep she has to an hour and the next sleep she has 45 minutes. And mm. so as she starts waking through her sleep at night, she doesn't know how to go back to sleep. So partly she's yeah. using you as the comforter and um, they often sleep in a window of about an hour and 10 minutes or two hours and 20 minutes which sort of sounds like what she's doing so Mm. each time she wakes up she doesn't know how to go back to sleep so if she's having four milk feeds in the day and Mm -hmm. two to three meals in the day in your overall pattern and she's Mm -hmm. generally awake about a two-hour window before going down to sleep give or take you know her being tired then she generally is in the right rhythm, but she's unaware of how to put herself back to sleep. So how do you get her to sleep? She's fed to sleep. Uh So see how there's the the constant, I feed when I'm uh, going to sleep. So when I wake up, I need to feed to go down to sleep. Mm. So let's try um, teaching her how to go to sleep. So even if you feed her before she goes to bed, try not to feed her to sleep. Okay, so you feed her, then sit her up, wake her up, and then put her down to bed. And to do that, do you is she wrapped or is she swaddled or is she in a sleeping bag? In a sleeping bag with her arms out. Okay, and is she in her own um, bed space? She is. She's in a, um, a sort of built in a veranda associated with our room, but yeah. she's uh, in her own cot and she's happy in her cot. And is that environment? quite light or has it been darkened off for her sleeps? I've progressively made it darker. I've got strips of fabric pinned <laughs> to, the, to the banisters between the, the blinds and everything. It's as dark as I can get it. Yeah. So does it look like a grey light? It shouldn't be a pitch black room, but it shouldn't have bright light in it. Does that make no, sense? Yeah, it would be. There's no sunlight coming through anywhere. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so the environment is right for her and your timing seems right for her. So I think it's just the association on going to sleep. So even if you feed her, just make sure she's in a state of her eyes being open when you put her down to bed. 
And then because she really, you know, you are her main way of going to sleep, what I would do is not leave the room straight away. I'd put my hands on her and keep shushing and keep um, sort of tapping her or rocking her slightly. And if she cries, I'd pick her up, give her a cuddle and put her back down and repeat it again until you can get her to quieten and possibly go to sleep. So the first thing I'd do is teach her to settle by herself and then it'll be easy to repeat it as a resettle to get her go to go back to sleep so she's you and her actually very consistent when she needs to go to sleep you feed her but now that feeding has become the cue to going to sleep Mm. so the more she wakes up at night the more she needs you to go back to sleep so your rhythms there I think you've just got to do a little bit of work on her getting her to self-settle but you'll probably need to be with her initially mm. until she gets okay. used to it and then you you can step back a little and let her try a little bit more. Okay. And okay. can I just add one little element to that question? The, yeah. I have tried um, patting and shushing in the bed. Yep. But she just thinks it's the best fun and she's a real good life. So, so I if she if she around the around the cot, patting her backside as she travels. <laughs> and she so while she's it. having all the fun in there, what we're going to do is give her the message that that's not, this isn't the game bit because she's a bit confused as to where the game yeah. is. So if you put her down and she starts giggling or rolling over straight away and looking at you, just step out of the room for about a minute and then, okay. and, and then she'll go, where did you go? And she might even mm. start to whinge and cry and then go mm-hmm. back and try. And when she starts playing, step out of the room, step out of the room for a minute or two and then step back mm-hmm. in again. And I think soon she'll understand that you're there to help her go to sleep, not there to play. Okay, oh, so stepping out of the room should help her do that. Okay, Good luck. great. Good luck, Laura. Good luck. Thanks so much. You're listening to Kindling Conversation and it is time for Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She has over 30 years experience helping families across the country and she's here today to answer your questions specific to what your family needs. You can call us on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO or you can um, pop your question below on Facebook. In fact, I think we can take our headphones off now, Chris, yeah. if you'd like to. And um, if we have a phone call, we'll pop them back on. This question comes from Danica, who has an eight-month-old. She says, hey, from Long Beach, Mississippi. Hi, thanks for (laughs) writing. My almost eight-month-old wakes several times for the last three hours of sleep. I usually get him in bed with me after the three hours. He gets up between 5 and 6 a.m., then naps every two to three hours for about 30 minutes each. But sometimes at lunch, he'll have his longest sleep, which is between one to two hours. See, babies are the same all over the world. (laughs) They're all doing exactly the same thing. So um, this is very similar to the previous caller in that um, he probably just needs consistency in in understanding how to settle and resettle himself. So the hours, he's an eight-month-old, so that's right. He has a nap every two to three hours um, and he's up between five and six. So hopefully that'll change if they have daylight saving. Um, But it's the same answer as our previous caller in that he probably just needs to understand how to go back to sleep and for us to help him to get there. So leaving him for a couple of minutes to cry and see if he can self-settle and if not going in and rocking and patting him um, overnight. So he's big eight-month-old. He might still have one feed overnight. So you might pick a time frame where you're happy to give that feed and then you can be consistent with the resettling on either side. So give him a few minutes, go in, give him a pat, rock. If he picks his, you know, if he really, really cries, pick him up, give him a cuddle and put him back down again. 
and and continue this until he can self-settle. The first day is really tough. You know, it feels like you're going 20 steps backwards before you go two steps forwards. But it's what happens on the second and the third day that actually starts to teach him how to self-settle. So everything seems to be there. He just needs to learn about self-settling. In the day, they usually have about three hours sleep, roughly, um, for an eight-month-old. And they should be able to sleep through the night or possibly take one feed overnight. So pick your time frame you're happy to do it with and then just... Just do some gentle resettling and that should work with just in and out approach. Well, good luck with that, Danica. I have no idea what time it is in Long Beach, Mississippi, but I'm hoping that you're going to get some sleep it's, after um, having that advice. <laughs> you're going to tell us what time it is. It's somewhere in the day. It's in the morning See, or something. look, mother craft nurse, time, travelling <laughs> expert. Good luck, Danica, and please feel free to... Um, write any more questions or get back to us. We're here every Monday at midday. We have a question from Juliana who has a three-year-old. I'm having a great deal of difficulty with my three-year-old sleeping in my bed. I've been trying to get her sleep in her bed for the past four months. Nothing seems to work. She has night terrors and wakes up once or twice through the night. And if she's in her bed, she runs crying to hours, taking at least half an hour to settle back to sleep. What can I do? I've tried the lights, the books. What else should I I try. That's from Juliana. Okay, Juliana. So night terrors are a very, she has night terrors and she runs into our room. So I don't know if the night terrors and the running into your room, but generally with night terrors, they don't run into your room because they're a little bit out of control in their bed. So either way, something wakes her up twice a night and she ends up in your room. And I suppose you have tried everything, but in the end, I think it's, it's, in the end, she ends back up in your bed somehow, um, whether you've tried for half an hour going backwards and forwards. And in, the, in this case, it's a matter of putting her back in her bed. So reassuring her for whatever it was that woke her and brought her into your room. So, you know, there's a monster in the cupboard, there's a shadow, there's the wind noise, there's all these sorts of things that wake them. They need to go to the toilet, they need a cup of tea. You know, they need a they <laughs> There's need, always something. There's, there's a long list of needs. But in the end, I think gentle reassurance and taking her back into a bed and even sitting at the bottom of her bed until she's calm and relaxed is probably the way to um, teach her to go back to sleep. On one or two occasions with three-year-olds, the other thing I've tried is putting on um, an audio tape of a very, like Stephen Fryer reading um, Winnie the Pooh. And if you put that on, it teaches them to lay still, relax and drop off to sleep. And that might help if you've tried everything. But in this case of coming into your bed, eventually she ends up in your bed. So she knows she's going to get there. So I think taking a little breath, using about three days and literally don't let her come into your bed, but give her lots of reassurance and take her back to her bed. Even sitting at the bottom of the bed might just do the trick. Good luck with that, Juliana. I have a three-year-old who's also very hard to manage. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, so good luck with that one. And actually, if I could add, we've done a, a an interview on night terrors with mm. um, someone from the Woolcott Sleep Institute, which really does outline what you what? can expect from a night terror and what's the difference between yeah, a night, night terror, terror and a nightmare. Mm. We've also done an interview with the same expert on nightmares. So um, if you head to the Kindling Conversation website on kindling.com.au, you'll be able to find those interviews. So that might help as well. Yeah. Try to work 
work out what's what, going what's on. What's going on for her? And uh, look, I'll just mention we did start a little bit late today, so we might go a little bit further over time, but we've probably got <laughs> about 10 minutes left to finish with your questions. So thank you to everyone who's written your questions. We'll get through as many as we can before we have to wrap up. Um, we've got one from Caitlin who says, how do I stop my twin boys biting each other? It happens just at home when they're playing. They're about 20, they're 20 months old and it's just when they want the same toy. Oh. Okay. So I think pretty much every child in their, in their toddlerhoods hits, kicks or bites. Um, and you have two at the same age doing the same behavior or similar behavior. So biting in response to not getting your way is a learned behavior. So what I would do over a couple of days is hover. And I'm hovering not on top of them, but I'm very near them. And when you see one child playing with the toy and the other child looking like they might like to go and bite them, then what I do is distract the biter. So I just take him by the hand and I say, come over here, I've got a book you want to read. Or come over here and I want to, you know, have come and help mummy do some muffins or something like that. So the, the one thing to understand is it's typical of the age group, but it's heightened because you've got two of them doing it at the same time. And I think you just have to be aware that the more you distract them out of the behavior, the less they'll do it. And so I would do that. I wouldn't, oh, I'd try not to yell, jump up and down and definitely don't bite them back so that they can feel the pain because <laughs> that does nothing. That just, re- that just reassures them that biting is a way of getting something in my life. So sit in the room with them over a couple of days, play in the same area with them, even if you're sitting on the floor just watching them play. But as soon as you see them heading towards the bite, that's when you want to be able to distract the biter. And then you'll find after a little bit, it'll just stop and go away. Okay. Good luck with that, Caitlin. Biting twins. I thought it was bad enough where my son bit me, but imagine having two. Although she... They're yeah. not biting you. Well, there's, yeah. there's, there's, she may a, there's not a silver have two lining. Biters. She yeah. might have one biter. <laughs> That's true. And two, ch- two See, children. Look, it's all yeah. the way you look at this situation. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, enough time for one last question. This is from Shana, who is a three and a half year old. My son is fully toilet trained um, over daytime and naps without nappies, but he will not. No matter what, do a poo on the toilet. Yeah. Doesn't have accidents, just waits until bedtime when he has a nappy, nappy on. <laughs> oh, Shada, that sucks. Any ideas? I've given oh. him sultanas to soften it and he's never had a bad experience with the toilet. He just won't poop. Oh, Shana, it's so normal. This is a really normal part of toileting children. It doesn't matter whether it's a boy or a girl, so don't get hooked up on that he's a boy. But it often can take them six months extra to actually understand how to go to the toilet. But one trick you might be able to find, because you know he's going to do it in the evening, is just before you put him to bed, put him on the toilet with a little book and make sure his feet, so that he's... So that he's um, not dangling down, put a stool underneath his feet. So he's sort of sitting, so he's sort of tipped back a little bit and that might help him do the poo. So we know he's going to do it. We know he's going to do it when he put the nappy on. And another way, if you think it's more a game and he could actually do it, is that when you're ready, you just buy 10 nappies and you say, I've only got 10 nappies left. After 10 nappies, we haven't got any more nappies and you're going to have to do the poop in the toilet. So firstly, I would put him on the toilet very close to going to bed. 
Um, but it is very normal and it can take six months before they get the idea. And if you just play, think he's playing games in six months' time, then I just reduce the number of nappies and say, after this, there's no nappies. And then they go, oh, I'm going to have to go to the toilet. So off they go to the toilet. You so you have, to, you have to sort of judge where he is in the behaviour, whether it's a deliberate behaviour or whether it's just something he's just not mature enough and ready enough to do. But he's not having an accident in the day, so he should be able to control it. So he might need a gentle help. Oh, good luck with that, Shana. And um, thank you, everyone, for popping your questions on Facebook or for calling us and texting in your questions. Uh, Chris will be back at midday next Monday to answer your questions again. So come back if you have further questions, if you've asked us one today, or tell your friends about it, and um, we'll give you a hand then. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.